Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Are you going through a difficult time? Are you experiencing sorrow and sadness? Are you discouraged, full of despair, and perhaps even a little bit hopeless? Now, my hope is that doesn't describe you today, but realize something. Probably doesn't matter who you are in the future, you're going to find yourself in such a situation. It's just part of life. You're going to lose a loved one, and that loss is going to be devastating for you. Or your business is going to fail. You are going to have serious financial problems. And again, that is going to be a source of great distress. You might receive some disease, some illness, and your life is coming to an end. Or again, the life of someone that you love very much. Now, I'm not trying to focus in on difficult things. I'm certainly not prophesying at this time, but it's part of life. We go through cycles where we enter into difficult circumstances. And the reason why I'm sharing these words is this. I personally find great comfort in the psalm that we're going to be studying at this time. With that said, take out your Bible and open it up to the book of Psalms and Psalm 88. The book of Psalms and Psalm 88. Now, if you were to ask me, as we began this book of Psalms, our study in this series, almost three years ago, what Psalm were you looking most forward to in sharing? The answer would be Psalm 88. This psalm, to me, has been a source of great wisdom, counsel, and help in difficult times. And my hope is that for you, it will be as well. So let's begin Psalm 88. And remember something. There's that inscription that we're going to pay attention to in a moment. And usually in other languages, they ignore that inscription, meaning they don't see it as part of Scripture, or they don't include it as it is in the Hebrew in the first verse. The implication of that is, when I say verse 5, it's going to be verse 4 in your Bible more than likely. Verse 15 is going to be verse 14. So remember, whatever number that I say, you're going to have to subtract 1 in order to see that verse that I'll be speaking about probably in your bible so let's begin verse one where it says a song now that word song shear can also be understood as a 
poem. And we know that so frequently when we deal with prophecy or when we deal with the book of Psalms, it is set to us as a poem. And remember, the chief characteristic is parallelism. Things are likened to one another. And when you discern what is likened, it helps us understand and interpret it properly. So this is a song. And we're going to see that it's a very sad song it deals with someone that will meet in a moment that is going through a very hard difficult trying circumstance and here's something else it's not something new to him in fact he's been suffering for most of his life and his life is coming to an end just think for for a moment about that going through the majority of your years and having some problem, some difficulty, perhaps some disease, whatever it may be, that plagues you year after year after year. And now, your life is coming to an end. Before we go on, we need to realize something. Theologians speak about what's called progressive revelation. What is that? Simply, that God reveals truth to us over time meaning that what abraham knew and what we know today having the benefit of all the scripture both the complete old testament and all of this new covenant from the perspective of believers the apostles from the teachings of messiah himself in the gospels all of this puts us in a very beneficial location spiritually speaking we have received more truth more revelation and the author here as we'll find out it's about they write about one individual and this man he does not know what the future has for him he's uncertain about what takes place after death it has not been revealed to him about the kingdom about resurrection about eternal life all of these things are apparently unknown to him as he offers up this prayer unto the lord so again we see that it's a song or a poem and then we're told ms moore it is indeed a psalm and it was written the author as it says here are the sons of Korach and we've encountered them before in our study of this book of Psalms and then the next word Lamnatseach is a word that as well we see over and over meaning to the chief musician to the choir leader the one who's going to to be responsible for this song to be sung to be chanted in a worshipful way and then we're told something and many Bibles just transliterates it without giving any meaning perhaps that's a good thing to do there is much debate about what's being said here but as i look at this it says to the chief musician concerning or upon now if we translate it upon this next phrase might be in regard to a type of instrument and many people interpret it that way others look at this 
and we see that machalat, in that word we see a couple possibilities. Could be disease, a disease that brings great suffering, great adversity, because the next word, la'anot, means just that. It's a response, but it can also be a response to suffering, affliction, being tormented, one that is going through great physical distress or emotional or spiritual distress. Now, I look at this, and when I see this word, machalat, also I remember the word for dancing. And dancing sometimes can be seen, spiritually speaking, as a release, being set free. And it's my view that what we're finding here is truth that can set us free. That when we're in the midst of affliction, that we can overcome that affliction. And this word for dance can also relate to worship. A demonstration of our joy and thanksgiving in the midst of affliction. Understand this simple truth. When is God worthy to be worshipped? worthy to be given thanks worthy to praise him always my circumstances hear it this way my times of affliction being in torment going through difficult very difficult situations of distress does not release me from my responsibility to worship god to give him thanks and to praise him god is who he is in spite of what i'm experiencing don't blame all the things that that are going on in your life maybe very difficult things painful things hard things don't blame them upon god it is the consequence of the world that we're living in that humanity chose when humanity i'm speaking about adam and eve invited sin into this world we're suffering the consequences of that first family but the message is this we would have chosen the same thing so don't point your finger at them understand that was how humanity behaved so we see here that it is a a psalm and it's by the sons of korach and we see that it's to the chief musician upon or concerning the the dance of the affliction and then we're told it's a certain type of psalm we have the word maskil maskil comes from a word which means to make wise or to make prosperous so i think it's quite significant that that this psalm is what it is a psalm of one suffering in an intense way And it speaks of here, here's a psalm that teaches you success, that teaches you how to behave in this world in such a situation with understanding. And notice that it's uh, of or or by, more specifically, a man by the name of Haman, the uh, Ezrachi. Now, the Ezrachi, the word Ezrach is citizen. And what this is saying, in my opinion, is that this man, Haman, 
he is a one that's a typical citizen and we all go through to various various degrees hardship affliction torment in our life it may be emotional it may be spiritually it may be physical it might have to do with with loss it may have to do with finances it may have to do with disease it may have to do with loved ones whatever it may be we go through these difficult times and this psalm is written in order to give us wisdom understanding so that we can come through this successfully now look at something else in this passage of scripture when we look at it we're going to see as we go further into this psalm that this one Haman he doesn't know all the things that you and I know he is unaware of many of the promises of God we are in a marvelous position if we're a believer having received the gospel and having the new covenant at our our resource to read it and understand what god has promised us well notice what he says in the next verse O lord god of my salvation now he knows something already and that is god and god alone is the source of salvation that is such a wise statement you cannot experience salvation let me say it another way you cannot experience victory victory that overcomes this world victory that overcomes sin you cannot experience that unless the god of israel is your god so very very important what he says at the beginning of verse 2 O Lord God of my salvation. Now, even though he knows this, that doesn't make everything easy. Doesn't make life simple. It is not a, a shield of hardship. What does he say? Keep reading. He says, Day I've cried out. So in the daytime, I have cried out, he says, and in the night, before you the implication is day and night i cry out before you and the emphasis here in this verse is on the night when he's alone with god he's burying his soul he's pouring out his hurt his hardship his despair his distress and he's doing it throughout the night before god verse 3 my prayer he is a man of prayer my prayer will come before you and therefore he says your ear lean set it to and then we have a word of shout that he's shouting now earlier on if we go back up to to the second part of verse 2 where it says which means in the day i i've screamed i've yelled now this is an entirely different word when we come to the end of verse three where it's the word renow which is a shout and it's a shout of great emotion and the purpose is to capture god's attention understand something our prayers have a purpose 
we want God to hear them we want God to respond to them we want to pray in a way that God is paying attention to us and to our circumstances what does he say he bears his heart he says in verse 4 because in evil things he's experiencing that which is not God's will for him realize is God sovereign yes he is does that mean everything that I experience it's God's will no it's not do not think that that is the right the proper conclusion for God being sovereign everything that I'm going through God is the source of it God is the cause of it that is not the proper understanding of the sovereignty of God there is sin in this world and sin is never God's plan now does sin destroy God's plan it does not does sin thwart God's plan it will not God will overcome and God can use he's never the cause of it but he can use sinful things he can turn them into something good great example of that is the book of Esther where there is much sin in the book of Esther and God turned it over into something that he used he wasn't the cause of that sin that would be heresy to think that God leads moves people to sin never does God do that but people using that freedom they have in this world can choose things against God's will that doesn't mean that God's going to uh, uh, be all full of anxiety and and uh, wring his hands together and not know what to do God can take that disobedience and turn it into something good but realize those who do that which is disobedient they're not going to be blessed they're not going to be the recipients of how God turns that into something good what does he say here he uses a term because or for or that and the next word is that which normally has to do with being satisfied abundance what he's saying is this for my soul is full satiated with what those things that are evil he is experiencing abundantly bad things in his life remember that that's what he's going through abundantly he's not experiencing that abundant life of victory joy god's provision and such quite the contrary he's a man of faith he's a man of prayer we've seen that but he is going through some very evil things in his life and they are full they are abundant and then he says and my life where is it heading he says to sheol it is arriving now literally it has arrived meaning this as he writes down these words his assessment of his situation is he is near death things are coming to an end for him in the world of a living remember that word sheol it is in a general sense the place of the dead and there was great confusion things that were unsure among the people about what happens when a person dies 
we know. Now, our situation is a little bit different because after Messiah's resurrection, we know something. To die in faith means to be present with the Lord. What a wonderful thing. But for them, they didn't see it that way. Messiah had not done that work. There was that uh, holding place in what's called Chek Avraham, Abraham's bosom for those who had faith. They were in a good place, what's called paradise, but they were not in, in the full sense, the presence of God or a kingdom experience. No, and those who did not have faith, that same faith of Abraham and God's Redeemer, they would go to Sheol, and there we're talking about Gihinom, the place of intense and eternal suffering, and the, the pit in where it was full of fire. Now, this is where he feels he's heading to death, and we're going to see that he really doesn't understand much about what that means what happens when one dies he's going to ask a lot of questions move on to the next verse verse 5 in the hebrew text where he says i have been considered when someone assesses his situation what he has gone through he has had a very difficult life and most people when they assess someone who is having just one problem after another problem one hardship after another or never finding victory never finding deliverance over and over continuously continuously in that affliction well lots of times people say there must be something wrong with him he must be doing something wrong disobedient he must be the cause of this so it says in verse 5 I have been considered with those who are descending where into that pit. So he's saying, in his estimation, there are those that are considering him to be someone who is worthy of that torment, that suffering, that this is from the hand of God and it's only going to get worse when he dies. That's how many people see it. He goes on to say, I was as a man in Elial that has no power. Now he's going to say something more to us, that he is weak, weak physically. When people look at him, they see that, that he is being judged, that he is heading to eternal judgment, punishment, that's the assessment, and that he was a man that had no power, meaning this god's not at work in his life this is how people were looking to him at least this is how haman thinks that people are looking at him verse six among the dead has the word hopshi meaning this the only release the only deliverance that he's thinking about initially, and I want to emphasize that initially, is that death is going to be a release for him. Let's pause for a moment. There are many people that think that. That is not true. God is giving us revelation in order to correct a false view 
improper theology. Realize this. Death is not a release for for the sufferings of this world. doesn't have to be. Meaning this. You may, if you're not a believer, you may be going to a much worse situation. So here, he's just pointing out it's for us to learn something, and that is there's that theological view, not a proper one, that death is a release. It sets us free. Well, I can tell you that a few years ago, I was speaking in the United States, and at this uh, congregation, other people came that were not part of that congregation, and they came from a different assembly where they were taught that death brings about an end for a non-believer meaning this when a non-believer dies he comes to an absolute end they did not believe in this this fire and brimstone hell in the lake of fire that the book of revelation speaks of is it maybe someone will go into a situation like that but they'll be burned up and it'll be over so yes they may allow for a punishment but it's a temporal punishment meaning there's a time limit a short amount of time from their perspective as i engage them this is false what we find in the scripture is you're either going to experience eternal life or eternal death meaning eternal separation from god where there's going to be permanent ongoing eternal affliction and torment in the fires initially of hell and after that and that lake that burns with fire and brimstone so he's saying here it's for us is there their freedom is there release because of death and he says as and the next word has to do with corpses he says as corpses those who are asleep or lying literally and i want to get this right kever, those who are lying in the tomb so it's saying is is this my my future i'm just going to be like a corpse that's put into a tomb and they're lying there is that my future is that the end and i'll have release from this pain and suffering through death and that's where my eternity is going to be just lying there in a tomb then he says look on in the second part of verse 6 he says who does not they do not remember anymore that's what some people think those ones that i mentioned earlier they think with death comes an end and you have no longer any memory you do not know anything any longer for they it says here they these ones who have been decreed to die apart from god they from your hand they have been decreed now it simply is a word to be cut away from the hand of god they are are no longer connected to god and they they go into that which is of nothingness this is not what the scripture says but here again remember i shared with you that theological term progressive revelation we have some people thinking that and this psalm is challenging that 
It is not the right way to think that with death is a release, with death is an ending, and from the hand of God, death sets us free up because this one is viewed as being punished by God. Will death set him free from the punishment of God? We know it won't. In fact, with death can just begin the punishment of God. Look now to verse verse 7. He says here, for you have put me in the lower pit now what he's saying is this this is where i'm heading god and we'll see this in a moment this one has been suffering for a long time from the time that he was very young he has been in this this position of hardship of of distress of discouragement of great great suffering and affliction and what he's saying is this are you going to put me god is this my eternity to go down to that lowest pit is that where i'm going to be and then he says in and he uses a word for darkness it's in the plural abundant darkness where well we have the term bim solot which is the deeps so what's parallel these lower that lower uh, pit that's talking spoken of in the first part of verse 7 and then in the second part of verse uh, verse 7 it speaks of the darkness that abundant darkness in the depths now we know something that word is also for depths is used in the song of moses where the the enemy the egyptians they uh like a lead uh, uh weight sunk to the lowest parts of the sea and this is the image here we know as you go deeper in water the light gets lesser and lesser so darkness and we know how darkness is one of the consequences of separation from god you you are in eternal darkness outside the kingdom of god where there's great difficulties for eternity those who are there god forbid we don't want anyone to be there that's the purpose that our organization exists to share the truth about salvation but for those who reject it they are going to be in eternal torment in that darkness notice something else he says here now look at verse 8 upon me your and this is a word for heat it's a synonym for anger or wrath upon me your anger has been laid and all of the waves your waves you have tortured me with all your waves and then he says selah which is a term of intensity and affirming he feels that god god if you're sovereign and he is then you are the source of all of this and therefore i'm going through this great torment this great hardship and it simply goes on and on and on it is the outcome of god's hot anger that has been placed upon me and all and this is a word for waves but it comes from word for like breaking and we know that that uh, waves are sometimes they they are seen as breakers and he says that's what's happening your torment is like waves that just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and breaking me 
He says, look at another part of his situations. You have set far from me my, and this is word for those I know, those I'm acquainted with. It's a term of uh, relationship. So it's a family word. He says, those who are part of my family, those who I know, and this is a know in a very intimate way, in in great uh, uh, love and affection. So family, he says, God, you have put far from me. You have set me. Notice this. To a vote. You have set me as abominations to them. So they look at him. And what he's saying is, because of what's going on in my life, I have been totally rejected by my family, my loved ones. They see me as that which is an abomination in the plural, an abundant abomination. So he has been totally rejected by the ones that he cares for most. And he's saying here, God, is this you? You're, you're sovereign. Is this your action is this why i'm going through this are you the cause of all of this and then he says look at the last part of verse 9 he says i am it's a word for prison i'm in prison meaning i'm 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 closed up and i will not go forth now here most scholars see this as simply a statement of utter hopelessness he he, of course he wants a change but but he feels as he's approaching death that he's just going to go from a horrible situation to one who is worse that that nothing is going to change that he can't be brought out of this that is his view verse 10 my eyes because of my affliction it says hurt so what he because of his circumstances his eyes and the important thing here is that he is evaluating his life and when he looks at himself and his situation that affliction his eyes hurt because what they're what he's going through now we've all heard the expression you know something's going on it's hard to look at we want to just turn away from it because it's so unpleasant to see this is what this one is saying about his circumstances as he is assessing his life it says it hurts my eyes to see my situation that's what he's saying here and then look at the next part of verse 10 he says oh lord i have called upon you with every day and every day i've called upon you but what's the implication nothing has changed do you ever feel like that that you're going through a a trying circumstance a challenging one to whatever degree it may be and you you cry out to god each and every day but there doesn't seem to be any response any change to your situation he says i stretch forth my my palms that's literally what it says cough Kapi, my my palms unto you. Now, what he's saying here is, God, I'm coming before you with no, no preconceived 
uh, negotiational points. I'm coming before you empty. I'm coming before you uh, uh, making myself vulnerable, having nothing to, to show merit. He's coming in a very humble way before God. And he has been. And nothing is changing in his life. Verse 11. For the dead, and it's in a question form, that first letter there, that letter hey, tells us that we have to turn these words into a question. For the dead, will you do a wonder? Now, notice there's a change. He's gone from the perspective that, you know what? Death, it's all over. Death is my release. But now he's asking another question. And this is this progressive revelation that we're seeing in a limited way in this psalm. He's saying, God, might you do for the dead a miracle? Is there wondrous deeds that you can do for those that are cut off from this world? Those who are dead. Do you still deal with them? Is there still a potential hope, something to hope for? Some type of work that you're going to do to help those that have died? So for the dead, will you do a wonder? He says, will, and it's a question, if. The, and he uses a different word for dead ones, Raphaim, will they rise up? Now, there's another question. He wants to know, is there resurrection? This is what he's asking. Does death, is it potential that death can bring a change, a newness? Not just a release that I'm over and done with that, I'm no more, but do you do miracles for the dead? Will, will they rise up? That's what he's saying. And, and will they give thanks? Selah. It's a word of intensity. He really wants to know. Is that a possibility? That even though in this age, this life, I've had sorrow, affliction, I've been in a desperate situation all of my life, I don't know comfort. I have not experienced deliverance. You are so distant. I'm alone, separated from family and loved ones. I am seen as someone that is a, a recipient of your anger, your hot, intense judgment. I am an abomination before all the people that know me. But I want to know, when I die, possibly, will you do a miracle for me? Will there be something that you do that causes me to give thanks to you? Will I rise up? Will the dead have that possibility? Can I give thanks to you? These are the questions that, that he wants to know. And then look at verse 12. Very important. See how we are being taught things in this psalm. Verse 12. Your grace... Will it be told in the tomb? Meaning this, grace. Now, for his life, he would say, God, I, I haven't experienced grace. Grace brings about a change. He's saying, I have not experienced a change in my circumstances. So what I'm asking is this. After death, will, will there be grace? Will grace 
that I have hoped for, that I have sought out, will I experience it, the outcome of it in the tomb? Very important word, grace, because grace brings about an eternal change for us. So all of this, little by little, is being sprinkled throughout this psalm for us. So he says, will be mentioned, will be told your grace in the tomb. And what's parallel to grace? Notice this. Emunatcha. And your faithfulness in. And the implication is the place of destruction. What he wants to know is, will grace and faith overcome this place of destruction? Will I rise up? Do I have a future after death? Now, we know the answer to that. But the psalmist did not. Now, whether that's for our benefit, for, for other ben- benefit of other people, I'll leave that up to you to decide. But it's being written down, dealing with people who have that perspective. And you'd be surprised how many people do not know what to expect when they die. And that can be a great source of fear. And to a certain degree, this is what Haman is saying in this passage of Scripture. Verse 13. In darkness, now notice how that is repeated over and over. In darkness will your wonder, same word, your wonder, and it's a relationship to a miracle, will your miracle be known? Can I experience a miracle in darkness and your righteousness in the land? And notice this. This word here is a word for in the land where people are forgotten. Now, that's what happens. See, this world, you don't want to put your hope in this world because most people are soon forgotten. Most people their memory is lost now obviously there are some people who are famous that we remember them for for centuries and some even longer than that but what difference does it make if the world remembers them the important thing is whether god remembers them whether they're going to be a recipient as he says here of your grace of your faithfulness and he says here am i going to in the midst of darkness this unknown that's what many scholars see as the use of darkness here in the unknown am i going to experience your miracle and your righteousness in the land of forgotten where those people who have died are soon forgotten they go and they're remembered no more verse 14 but i now notice that but i unto you O lord i have and this is a word to petition to cry out again a word that says god i want your attention i am speaking to you so he says once more verse verse 14 but i unto you O lord have cried out and in the morning my prayer what does it do goes before you i said it in front of you verse 15 why O lord 
is my soul abandoned why and this is how he feels this is a word for for really one leaving it's a a term of being discarded so we have something we don't want anymore we discard it we we throw it away this is how he feels about his life in this world that he has been forgotten discarded by god so he says why O lord my soul have have you left you discarded and you have hidden your face from me now usually not always but but the majority of the time when god's faith face is mentioned face is synonymous with blessing you say where is that in the bible well it says that the angels of children always find the face of god meaning god blesses those angels in regard to to children that they work successfully in protecting those children sheltering them and so forth we know that great uh, birkat koanim the blessings of the priests where it says the lord lift up his face upon you so this idea of of the face being hidden meaning i i am absent a blessing so you will you and the implication is are you going to continue to hide your face from from me this is what he wants to know especially look at the next verse afflicted am i and this next word means at the point of death from what from the point of death dying from my youth now this is an important part this 16th verse in the hebrew text because this tells us that what he's going through is not some some minor affliction that he's been going through perhaps a couple days a week a month having a bad year or two as tragic as that is this one from the time that he was young a youth he has been in this circumstance no change what has he done all of those years he has prayed night and day he has brought his petition before god and there is no change and what's he hearing he's hearing from others this is god's judgment this is god's anger upon him god has caused this it's a punishment for this individual he has become an abomination to all those around him his family his friends his loved ones and now he is alone and there's no one that's ministering no one loving him he is by himself and he is for the most part given up on this world he does not anticipate a change coming in this world so he's talking about the world to come after death that afterlife that is what he's of interest in and he says my affliction is present and i'm at the point of death from my youth and what does he say i bear your fear now this is a word of not fear of the lord but being terrified this is a word of great frightfulness and he says i have borne and all these years i have been afraid afraid of you and all what is happening to me this has been my greatest fear 
and he says this next word afuna this is a word from turning being turned and the implication is this my my greatest fear is that you have turned me away from you that i have been discounted that i have been discarded that i have been rejected that that i have no relationship with you that you don't love me god that you don't want me god that i have no covenant with you that i have been discarded and is this something that that's going to follow me this same circumstance follow me in the age to come verse 17 he says again he uses a different word for for your wrath and it's in the plural your abundant wrath upon me has passed and then he uses a word for again great fear your abundant fear they have have cut me off meaning this because of what i'm going through i have this great fear that i have been cut off from you that that i am hopeless when it comes to god you have not answered my prayer you have discarded me for all of these years from the time i was a child until now i'm at the point of death and uh, my greatest fear is that i am eternally separated from you this is what he's saying verse 18 around me as water all day long what's he speaking about what he's mentioned in this previous verse fear he has abundant fear that fear is seen in anxiety stress he's concerned he's worried and he says all around me like water is is this is what i'm experiencing he says it it's in the plural this fear fear was in the plural is surrounding me all together on every side every place everything together about me is full of fear now this is what he's going through and again not just for a week or two or a month or a year but but all of his life from the time that he was a child and he says again verse 19 both loved one and friend now this can be family and this word here for rea can can relate to a person of great great uh relationship as a spouse what he's saying is both family member and loved one a, a true true uh uh friend you have you have put far from me and my acquaintances he says in darkness in your darkness now this psalm ends not in a message of encouragement but a message of uncertainty the purpose of this psalm is to tell us this one had nothing to hold on to nothing that gave him a cause of hope he was in total uncertainty you don't have to be in that circumstance you don't have to be in a similar situation why because we have all of god's revelation and all of god's revelation teaches us about the love of god 
the redemption of god and the promises of god not just in this age but the key is the emphasis is on the age to come see no matter what happens to me in this body in this world that is going to come to an end and there's going to be based upon the promises of god that i have received how by faith not in what i've done but what messiah has done for me through him i have been imputed with the righteousness the righteousness of the son of god i can have absolute confidence that i have been forgiven and that god is going to welcome me into his kingdom as he would welcome his only begotten son who perfectly served him honored him glorified him at the cross and this one who did that god raised him from the dead to show his approval of that all of that has been given to me not because of anything i've done but because i have believed i have believed in the work of messiah i have believed in the promise of god that gospel message that good news of eternal redemption and because i've taken hold of it by faith i know something no matter how bad it may get in this world death for me is going to be a release why i'm going to leave this world that's been stained and corrupted with sin into the very presence of god where there's no sin no sorrow no screaming no death no sickness what's there god and god is going to shower me with every believer with his blessings with being recipients of the promises of god and now i have the blessed opportunity in this world for as ever long as i have left whether it's a day a week a month a decade or 20 years i have the opportunity to serve god in order to earn through his workmanship in my life rewards eternal rewards what can we say through the revelation of god we have a sure hope we have promises that have been sealed with the blood of the son of god we have assurance we know that for us the best the very best is in our future we are not in the same type of position as haman we are in a much better position because we have god's complete revelation psalm 88 a message of despair of one man when we only have his mindset we are full of hopelessness and unsurety But when we have the foundation of our faith, the Word of God, we are excited because we know that that death leads us into the presence of God, in the kingdom of God, to spend eternity with Him and in His goodness. Praise be the Lord. We'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, 
loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. <laughs>